0: You know, I want these flowers to do two things. I want them to beautify spaces and enhance moods. And I want them to be like a a soul filler for people. I want people to be, you know, engaged in the experience and give them an opportunity to just, you know, kind of, I don't want to say forget what's happening around them, but give them a space to breathe. Give them an hour or two hours where they can kind of quiet their minds. And the more flowers they have to do that,
1: you know, the better. that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This show is brought to you by SlowFlowers.com, the free online directory to more than 850 florists, shops, and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor, Farm Girl Flowers. FarmGrow Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S., supporting U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $10 million of U.S.-grown, fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually. Discover more at farmgrowflowers.com. Our first sponsor thank you goes to Details Flowers Software, a platform specifically designed to help florists and designers do more and earn more. With an elegant and easy to use system, details improves profitability, productivity, and organization for floral businesses of all shapes and sizes. You can grow your bottom line through professional proposals and confident pricing with details all-in-one platform. All friends of the Soulflowers podcast will receive a seven-day free trial of details flowers software. Learn more at detailsflowers.com. I hope you've been enjoying our 10-year retrospective as much as I have. It has been so fun to reconnect with some of our Slow Flowers members who shared their stories on the Slow Flowers podcast over the past decade. This week, I'm delighted to revisit my fall 2022 interview with Talia Boone of Los Angeles-based Postal Petals. Postal Petals has a social impact mission through flowers, and I'm excited to reintroduce Talia and her story in our conversation today. Talia is a self-described floral enthusiast and DIY floral arranger. She often shopped at the Los Angeles flower market during public hours, bringing home flowers to arrange and enjoy as part of her personal creativity and mental health practice. Postal Petal's origins date to the start of COVID when Talia sought out a direct-from-the-farm source for the flowers she yearned to have. In the subsequent three years, the venture has made inspiring strides, for the local flower community, especially communities of women and some men for whom flowers are now a source of healing and wellness. Let's revisit my October 2022 conversation with Talia Boone. I can't wait to share it with you as an encore episode in the celebration of our 10th anniversary of the Slow Flowers podcast. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I am delighted today to introduce Talia Boone of Postal Petals. Talia is coming to us from Los Angeles via Zoom. Hi, Talia. Hi,
0: Deborah. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Oh,
1: you bet. I'm fine, and I'm so happy that I can see you through the miracle of uh, the computer. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I should say uh you are a relatively new member of Slow Flowers. You were we were introduced by Yanni Levenbach of Flowers Without Borders, who listeners may remember hearing on the podcast um earlier this year. And uh I was so interested in what you were doing. We jumped on the phone together. You kind of taught me told me about your business and I convinced you that I wanted you to be in the Slow Flowers family. So or I don't know if I had to convince you, but you're here. Um, <laughs> so Talia, before we get into you know how this happened, can you just define what Postal Petals is? And I'm looking at the website now, so I might ask you a few questions about some of the some of the features on the website. But give us a snapshot of your business uh, in the floral space. Yeah, so I like to refer to Postal
0: Petals as like um, almost like a farm to table produce box, but for fresh flowers. So we partner with farms to send uh, fresh flower boxes to our consumers, our customers, for them to create their own DIY arrangements at home. Like that would be our elevator pitch of Mm -hmm. of what Postal Petals is.
1: That's interesting. So, and anybody who's a subscriber to a CSA. Uh, produce box understands that you, the food isn't cooked for you. And you're saying the flowers aren't designed for you. It's, 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 um, raw material for your creativity. Exactly. And
0: that's really, to, to be honest, that's the piece that's most important, right? Because we'll see models where people, you know, the flowers are sent and they can just, they're already beautifully arranged, but they are, you know, kind of labeled as, you know, arrange them yourself, but it's really just putting them in the box, this kind of for me started because I enjoy the process of creating. I enjoy the process of deciding which flowers are going to go well together and how high the arrangement should be or how low the arrangement should be. And I wanted to be able to replicate that same experience um, for our customers. And so we, we do, we send them long stem flowers. They're not processed at all. You know, you have to, you know, open it up. You have to cut the stem. You have to pull the leaves off. And then you decide if you want a tall arrangement or a short arrangement. And you may see you know, maybe there'll be a little bug flying around in there <laughs> because I mean, it's very, very, it's, it's very, very authentic to the farm experience. We, we it's, you know, usually within 24 hours of them being cut, uh, they're at your door. So it's, it's mm-hmm. very, very fresh. It's very, very fresh.
1: Well, the name postal Petals, it totally says what's happening. Like you're getting these <laughs> in the post, uh, they're coming to you, uh, through, I don't know, probably through FedEx, um, I'm assuming, that kind of delivery, right?
0: Yeah, they come through like a fo- like a FedEx. Um, we're actually in the process of speaking with UPS. Hopefully, they'll end up being a good a shipping partner of ours. We also use um, DSA. I mean, not DSL. Uh, GSO. Um, anyone that we know that is um, that can is reliable with shipping uh, perishables right. overnight because it, it, they are for, they're they're perishables. They're fragile material. Flowers are very very fragile, and we've been really intentional about only using carriers um, that we know will care for our very precious cargo. So. Yeah.
1: Well, let's follow the journey of, of a, a, I don't know, an order, I guess. You've got different categories by size, basically, on uh, the Postal Petals website, Beanie Box, Midi Box, Biggie Box. I know you'll have others too, but um, those are the ones that are popping up for me right now. Um, the, how are people ordering the flowers? And then how do you Get the flowers to them. I mean, that that would, I guess that's sort of obvious, but okay, so first things first is they come on. We do only offer those
0: three sizes. And that was really intentional because I, you know, my background is in, you know, brand building, marketing, communication. Um, and what I know, what I've I've known from the very beginning is that you always start with a very few SKUs, right? Like you Mm. you simplify the process, don't make it too complicated. Mm -hmm. And so right away I said, you know, let's let's start with a small size box. Um, our beanie, which is named after my um, my forever dog daughter Beanie Baby Boon, <laughs> um, and it's our smallest box. It goes for um, eighty nine dollars, and then with that you get anywhere from six to eight bunches of um, of flowers. Which, depending on what kind of flowers they are, could be anywhere from sixty to eighty stems. Okay, uh, and then with the midi size box. Um, you're gonna get anywhere from nine to twelve to thirteen um, bunches. and then with the big with the uh, biggie box, which is named after biggie biggie Smalls.'m <laughs> a hip hop girl. It's so um, good. I love it. <laughs> um, and that's gonna be our largest box where you're gonna get anywhere from, you know, from twelve to sixteen um, bunches. And the way that it works is when you get on the website, um the first thing you do is kind of look to see, Uh, you know, what size boxes we have, because people will almost immediately go to our flower shop. But then when they get to the flower shop, the first thing that they'll see is that they have the option to select, you know, what flower recipe they want, if you will. And so the way our process works is that we've partnered with nearly 20 farms. And what happens is with those farms, um, they'll send us the list of, or we'll kind of know at this point, like what farms have which flowers at what time of the year. Mm -hmm. And we'll kind of sit down, Internally, as a group, and decide on our own what flower recipes we think will be, you know, will look the nicest together. And then those are those become our our featured recipes. And then you know, I create like really cool names for them. Like last month, we had a box called uh, Brown Skin Girl, and it had like chocolate cosmos and chocolate lace. It was a really really beautiful box. Um, and then one of one of my favorite boxes um, this month is called the Baby Bloomer. Um, and it's got like dahlias and roses and um, and uh, eucalyptus. It's just it's a beautiful box. And so we'll we'll kind of um, look at what's available, and then we'll give them fun names. Like we have one that has mostly roses, and I call it Clicky Rose.
1: Mm. Yeah, I'm looking at them um, now. It's, it's your yeah. your copywriting is is really engaging and. Even if oh, even if it, you don't know exactly what it is, you want to click through and, <laughs> and read just the see list. What's going on? Like
0: where did they get this from? Yeah. And so so after you kind of go to the what's blooming page, take a look at what's in season, and in the way in which we've you know kind of grouped, we look at the flowers as ingredients and the recipes as you know kind of how we ma- we match them together, and then you'll go onto the page. Um, If you decide you want a a beanie box, you'll go to the beanie box page, you'll go to the drop down menu and you'll select one of the boxes um, that are featured. And we'll usually only do, you know, anywhere from four to six box options each week. Again, just not wanting to overwhelm people, but wanting to give, you know, enough of a variety so that we can, you know, kind of touch each different type of flower lover, right? Because, you know, you'll be hard pressed to find someone who doesn't like flowers, but everybody likes a different type of flower. Someone loves wild flowers. Someone loves food flowers. Like there's so many different types of flowers. So uh, there they can go and, you know, decide, you know, what type of box they want and, you know, or they can pick for us to surprise them, you know, because that's one of our things too, is we say there's a new adventure in every box. And some people are like, you know, you pick my adventure, you decide what I get. And I always love um, when we can do that because, then we get to surprise them. They, they don't know what's coming and we'll get feedback where they'll message us and say, I love this box. It's so great. And I um, mean, that's the kind of feedback that I, that I really enjoy. And, you know, people can either do a one-time purchase or they can do a subscription for either every week, every other week or once a month.
1: And then you um, said that you work with about 20 different farms. These are, um, mo- they're U.S.-based farms, correct? Only U.S., okay. only U.S.-based
0: farms. And that was really intentional uh, for two reasons, um, first and foremost, it just didn't sit well with me or really make good sense to me that I would import flowers when there are plenty farmers here that that offer fresh flowers. also, you know in 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 my in my extended life. You know we we do work around like human human rights issues civil rights issues environmental issues and it would have been so incredibly hypocritical for me to um, to increase my footprint mm. um, on the earth through this project mm-hmm. by shipping flowers from you know from around the world and that's not I want to be clear it's not to um, speak ill of anyone who does it's just a, it's a decision that that you know I have the right to make and I, I decided that I wanted them to be domestic and the second reason um, is really just for the sake of just supporting the u.s economy, right? Like um, part of um, the trigger for me starting this Business uh, one selfishly because I wanted to be able to have flowers that I could arrange, but then also <laughs> two me being made very aware of how, um, in particular, the U.S. flower industry had been you know so incredibly impacted by COVID nineteen mm-hmm. you know and the fact that you know there weren't events there weren't weddings and, and there there were farmers that were actually suffering and so I just felt like well if I want flowers I'm sure other people want flowers and if the farms have have flowers that they need to sell. I want to first focus on the flowers of the farmers that are, you know, kind of in in my family, if you will, yeah, um, in my American family. So, and
1: you are based in the Los Angeles area, and uh, it, it, I'm guessing most of the farms that you're currently working with are California-based, but I could be wrong. Most of them are, yes. Okay. Most of them
0: are, yes. We're actively working to um, lock in additional partners across the country. Yeah. Um, just because we're shipping everywhere now. We're shipping to New York, Rhode Island, um, Florida, the Carolinas. We're shipping everywhere, Chicago, Colorado. We're, we're shipping a lot of different places.
1: Uh, Talia, are you, um, how is it, how, how, just the mechanics. Like I, I place an order and then you're work, You're communicating that order to the farm that has the flowers that, you know, in the clicky rosé selection or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the farmer, the farm is handling the shipping direct, right? Does that cut, cut yes. out a couple of days that like you're not handling the flowers, right?
0: We're not handling the flowers. And that was, and thank you for asking that question, um, Deborah, because that was actually really, really important because, um, you know, one of the things that we wanted to do was, was look at the ways in which flowers are shipped. Right. But then also, and not just from a longevity and a quality standpoint, but also from a cost perspective, mm. because I wanted it to make sense financially. Right. Like I wanted it to be where people could get as much as many bunches of flowers in their box as possible. But then also I wanted those flowers to be able to last. And you know, from, you know, from being in this industry that, you know, flowers will sometimes ship two and three times before they land, you know, with the consumer. So by the time they get to a consumer, they could be, five to 15 days old, just because they've been, you know, kind of cared for, you know, at the grocery store or at, you know, at the florist or whatever. And so I really just wanted to cut that, you know, cut that piece out, not to say cut out the florist, because I don't believe that we compete with florists, right? We're offering a completely different, a completely different service. But we, because we ship directly from the farms, we don't need, um, to add on to the cost of our flowers, so that we could pay for the flowers to be shipped from us—I mean, from the farms to us—and then for us to put, you know, in fancy packaging and then ship out uh, to our customers directly. Like we, there's just there's just no need for it. And even to that point, if you don't mind me, even getting into, you know, our strategy around packaging and yeah. branding we really don't do it. Mm. Um, And it's just because it's just not, it it just does not feel necessary. And it also feels very tone deaf Mm. for me at this point, right? Like we're in a space where, you know, I want these flowers to do two things. I want them to be, you know, beautify spaces and enhance moods. And I want them to be like a, 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 a soul filler for people. I want people to be, you know, engaged in the experience and give it them an opportunity to just, you know, kind of I don't want to say forget what's happening around them, but give them a space to breathe, give them an hour or two hours where they can kind of quiet their minds. And the more flowers they have to do that, you know, the better. And in the process of building this company, you know, one of the first things I started looking at was, okay, you know, I want to have really cute branding and these boxes and all of this stuff. And as I kind of started looking, I was like, wow, that this stuff is really expensive. And I would have had to take out, because let's be honest, when you when whenever you get that really fancy. Branding—it's always the customer who's paying for it. It's Mm. never the company, Mm -hmm. right? It always comes Mm. out of what the quality of the of what the customer gets. And I just didn't want to do that. Like I just kind of felt, from a common sense perspective, people are going to throw that stuff away anyway. Um, And you know, it's the flowers that people are are paying for. It's the Mm. flowers that they want. And it's such a um, for me, again, I, and I want to be really mindful because sometimes it can it can seem um, you know, like I'm passing a judgment on anyone who does it. And I want to be really clear that that's not that's not my intent. It's not my heart to do that. It's, I can only speak about my personal right. preference. Right. That's, it, that just feels it felt like a vanity move. And I thought that, you know, so long as we sent people fresh, long lasting, high quality flowers, that's really all they would need to remember us. Right. Like they'll remember where those flowers came from and they'll want to go back and get get more. And so far that's worked.
1: Well, they're worked. seeing they're seeing your branding, which is adorable, but they're seeing it on your website and on your social media, which is how you want to connect with people anyway. So yeah, I, I totally you. follow your train of thought. And uh, I do think waste is a big issue in the floral industry anyway. And so I can mm-hmm. see where you're just trying to take one one facet out of the mix to Reduce, you know, that amount of waste in, in, in this gesture of not repackaging flowers that have already been packaged once. Um, exactly. So who is your customer? Um, I, I'd love to know kind of what, what I know you, lo- you've turned this store on what, about 10, 10 weeks ago or so? When did you actually debut? Yeah.
0: So we started beta, uh, in early July, oh, not early July, late July, late July, very late okay. July. We started beta and beta was just um, to a very safe, small group of family and friends, uh, for them to look at it and really kind of go through, you know, give us notes on, you know, what processes worked, where were the bugs in the website? What did they think about the copy? You know, that kind of stuff. And we took about three weeks. The plan was three to four weeks, um, to kind of correct everything, add additional features. It was actually during the beta site with some of that feedback that led us to create the um, the What's Blooming page and the Mm -hmm. flower um, options. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just because we realized very early on in that process that choosing flowers for for customers um, wasn't the best idea because we didn't know what they would like. Um, and so it, unless they specifically said they wanted us to choose, them, we wanted to empower them to do mm, it. But mm-hmm. anyway, so so we were intending to go into soft launch at the end of August. Uh, but then the um, the heat wave hit mm. and we decided that it wasn't uh, the flowers. It just wasn't safe for them to travel during that time because it was so uh, it was so warm. Uh, and so we decided to kind of halt uh, the soft launch until early September, which actually ended up being a blessing because mm. I was able to get a number of things that I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to get done rather quickly. I was able to allow for myself to kind of complete um, over time and actually in a much better way. So I'm I'm grateful mm. for that. Yeah. Uh, so we, we uh, soft launched in uh, early September and by soft launch, I just mean, you know, we started, you know, kind of posting about it on social media actively, like, you know, on my accounts and on, you know, accounts of our friends and, um, and, you know, uh, and it, reaching out to an extended group of, of friends, family, network, that kind of thing, um, to just kind of say, all right, now we're, we're open to anyone that you know, who knows someone who knows someone, go ahead and, and let them know. And that way we could, you know, kind of take our feedback outside of a safe bubble and <laughs> let, you know, kind of the consumers in the wild, if you will, Um <laughs>
1: you know, real strangers product, sure. like flowers, real, real life
0: strangers. That was an adjustment for me. I talk about that in one of the blogs, this idea of encountering consumers in the wild and how that's going to, you know, how that's going to affect the way that I do business and, and also the way that I'm looking at it as an opportunity for personal growth, mm-hmm. right? Because you hear these horror stories about, you know, the ways in which, you know, you have to, you know, uh, Uh, engage with consumers because they're, when really they're, I don't want to say they're feral, because that's a joke that I say, like, oh, they're wild. They're, yeah, but you just right. don't know what you're going to get. You may get right. a loving one, or you may get one that's just so incredibly unreasonable. But but your patience and your compassion has to remain consistent, mm. right? And so I wanted to soft launch just so I can begin to kind of build up my stamina. Because yeah. I, I, I don't suffer for foolishness at all. <laughs> I am one of those people that protect my peace at all
1: costs. <laughs> you and so set your boundaries. <laughs> yes, my boundaries are well-defined. Anyone that knows me knows that my... boundaries are not confusing. (laughs) Uh, Well, we've talked about kind of what Postal Petals is and how it works. And I alluded to a little bit about who the customer is, but maybe we can talk about your path to launching because I feel like this at its core, you, you and your interest in flowers are, are the customer. I mean, your, your personal interest in flowers prompted this whole business, right?
0: Yeah. You know, it, it really interesting. I, the way that I, I say that I kind of fell into this business is because uh, we were about a month and a half, two months into quarantine, or as I call it, punishment, because yeah. we were all locked in the house and couldn't go anywhere. And um, which in the LA Flower Mart was closed. You know, the LA Flower Mart here is, it's the it, I didn't realize this until, uh, until I started this company, but the LA Flower Mart is the second biggest flower mart in the world. And I, I take for granted the fact that I have such immediate access to it but it was closed, mm. and I wasn't able to get flowers. And I usually will arrange my own flowers just because I, I just I enjoy having flowers around, but also too, because it's very relaxing for me. It's very therapeutic. and particularly in um in my line of work i just need those types of outlets where i can just kind of calm my mind and you know kind of re- remind myself of the beauty around us and remind myself of the things that are bigger than us and so flower arranging really does that for me and by the time we got into the second week of um, of quarantine, I was very much at the end of my rope. I needed a fix, and that <laughs> fix was for flower arranging. And but but the L A Mart was still closed. It was it, this was just before Mother's Day, and they mm. had they were opening I think later in that week, but I didn't know that at the time. And I ended up on this down this rabbit hole um, on Instagram and found a, um, a a flower wholesaler that ships. And so I decided, okay, I'm gonna just call him and see if I could get him to reduce his minimums um, and send them to me. And if he didn't, then if he couldn't reduce his minimums, then my alternative was, okay, then I'll, you know, get whatever his minimum is, have it split up into, you know, six or eight or ten boxes, ship them out to my friends. We'll hop on Zoom, I'll get I'll hire a florist and we'll have a little fun quarantine activity. Well, I ended up on the phone with him. And that's in in the process of talking, we were on the phone for over two hours. And uh, by the end of the conversation, I realized that the reason I was calling him was a business, right? Like that if I was you know in need of flowers to arrange there may be other people who wanted you know to have flowers at their house that they could arrange on their own if i thought that you know this could be a really cool fun and engaging activity you know for me and my friends to do virtually someone else might want to do it or a company might want to do it or a sorority might want to do it um and and so that's that's really kind of how it all how it all came about and i thought about it i mentioned it he said i actually think that that could work. And I immediately went to work, putting together the wireframe, building out what the brand st- the brand story would be. And here we are. That was three months to, to July when we betaed, And now we're four months, four and a half, mm-hmm. five
1: months almost. Wow. Wow. Can you say who that, that is that you had the long two-hour conversation with?
0: Yanni. It was Yanni. <laughs> it was Yanni. And if, if it weren't for him, I would not have um the postal petals wouldn't be a thing if it weren't for him and the reason being is because and you know him he's he's so um he's so incredibly knowledgeable mm-hmm. about flowers but he's also so very patient mm-hmm. with the information And the reason that I was even able to come to this idea is, you know, it's not that he just said, no, your minimums are too low. I can't work with you. Bye. He was kind enough to help me understand why he couldn't do what I wanted him to do. He said, hey, this is why the minimums are what they are. This is why the farms aren't able to do it. This is how the farms have been impacted. Like he was so kind and gracious Mm -hmm. And generous with that information. It allowed the conversation to continue to go. And through that, not only did I gain knowledge, I also gained empathy. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to figure out a way to solve not just the the issue of, you know, yeah, other people need flowers too, but also realizing like, wow, this industry is, is, is beginning to suffer as a as a result of this pandemic. And because that's a lot of the work that I do anyway, it, you know, kind of before I got into the impact stuff was working with brands to kind of figure out the best way to launch or survive or, you know, rebrand and all of these things. And I immediately thought of this and just was like, I feel like, I feel like this could help. Mm. This is this is one of those win, win, win situations. And, and it just turned out to be so.
1: Well, it sounds like you created the business and uh, Yanni is your like your outsourced uh, uh, procurement manager or something. I mean, he's kind of your interface with some of the farms, right? Yeah.
0: Like he, he handles it all. Like he's so, he's so amazing. I, and I don't mind saying it and I don't, um, I, I don't mind the, the acknowledgement at all. There's no postal pedals, um without, without Yanni, right? Because he, you know, he's the, the one that says, you know, okay, yeah, these flowers are are really beautiful, but it's going to turn here shortly. When I said we had to, we had to stop because of, or put a pause because of the heat, it was Yanni who really pressed for that. Cause I was like, no, we're going to keep shipping, just make them ship faster. And he was like, no, cause it's going compl- like, to, he keeps me, he keeps me really grounded. Mm. Right. And it's, it's been a really beautiful partnership that we have because I've grown so much in my understanding of flowers for myself to arrange, but then also the way in which they package and ship and all of the stuff that you need when you're building a business like this. And then on, you know, for his part, he's you know, we were, we were talking about this this morning. We're always doting on the other. Like I'm always doting on him for the, the flower knowledge that he shares. And he's always doting on me for the the business Ackerman and the business yeah. and the branding strategy that he's able to, to learn as well. So it's a really beautiful partnership. I love collaborating with people in a way that everybody's able to grow.
1: Well, um, he mentioned, Yanni uh, mentioned the uh, some of the same things you're saying when I, he first called to tell me about being involved with this. He didn't say who you were. He didn't say the name of your business. And you described this woman who was super like with it in terms of understanding branding and the, you know, dealing with the consumer. And, you know, he's a guy who's in the B2B world. And so Mm -hmm. I don't think this, this concept would never even occurred to him. You know, you're the one who's saying, here's how we're going to do B2C And how can we work together? So um, yeah, I think that I can see the mutual um, adoration society or appreciation society going on there between both of you. I'm so grateful for him. Well, that's really neat. And I'm really glad that, um, you know, again, you're multiplying outlets for uh, the farms that Yanni would be purchasing from Mm -hmm. on behalf of wholesale, like florists or wholesale customers. And now, if postal petals, you know, is continues to grow, it's basically creating, uh, you know, a new channel for some of these farms that really don't yeah. want to get into the cons- direct to consumer business themselves. So you're kind of creating a, a portal for them that, is and handling all that, you know, all that customer service that they maybe aren't set up to do yeah it really is a beautiful setup that we have because
0: you're you're at, you're right on like you know you've been on the website, you see like we've built an entire user interface and we're you know just I was telling Yanni this morning, I think I may have mentioned to you I've been interviewing like publicists and you know uh, marketing folks, and so we're really doing a whole a whole push around this, but you're absolutely right it's it's creating the consumer market for um, for these farms without them having to do anything but, you know, but fulfill, um, but fulfill our orders. And I just think it's a really, it's a really beautiful working relationship across the board. And th- like again, those are the type of, you know, collaborations and partnerships mm-hmm. I enjoy. I just, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I've probably shared with this with you before, is that I've always operated in a space of abundance mm-hmm. and not of scarcity. And I just believe in the power of partnership. I believe in the wisdom of collaboration. Um, you know, I very much believe in that old adage that if you want to go, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Mm. And so I just, the way that it's all pulled together, that we can work collaboratively, it really... Um, it, it just it makes me happy because it's the way in which i enjoy i enjoy working and you know as we begin to grow the workshops you know i want to begin to include florists. Um, in this process as well and begin to work with them to, you know, to kind of host, you know, some of the, you know, the flower design um, aspects of the online, you know, the online workshops. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I realize that this is a new a new model um, for, for this industry. And, you know, there's been some florists that I've reached out to and they've been not interested at all. And I think it, it's, I think it's a natural reflex. It's a survival because they may see us as you know, as a competitor, but um I don't see us as a competitor at all, right? You can't send a box of postal petal flowers to someone in the hospital, right? You can't send a box of postal petal flowers to a funeral home or to someone who's sick and ailing, right? Like mm. I feel like there's a there's space for all of, mm. you know, That's for really all of good our, our talent and expertise.
1: That's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I, I I have so many questions for you, Talia, but I feel like we should <laughs> take a pause and Tell people a little bit about you and how what your backstory is before you you know dove into flowers because you have a very uh long resume and you know <laughs> a very successful history in other in other uh professions and you 're still kind of juggling two businesses right now. So can you give us a, the, the short version of the long story? <laughs> yeah, I'll give you, it is a long story, but I'll give you the short version of it.
0: My background is in um, public relations. I started in sports. I, I, I'm from the Los Angeles area, I went to school in San Diego, started doing uh, public relations for NFL, the NFL teams. And then I moved to Washington to watch, work with the Washington team. Um, and then from there, I just kind of it, you know, grew to start to turn into doing after I left the NFL as a whole was doing a lot of work in like Marcon marketing, communication, brand strategy, partnerships, all relating around uh, brands and sports and then sports and entertainment properties. Mm-hmm. Um, several years ago, um, I, just to back up what I would do, with the way that it would look when I'd work with the brands in the sports and entertainment assets is that we would work with the brand, partner them with, um, with uh, sports and entertainment um, assets to utilize their social equity to promote a product or service that the brand uh, would be launching, right? And so I did that work for several years. Um, a few years ago, I kind of got um, a little bit exhausted of the work that I was doing, really not because I didn't enjoy the people or the environment, but really just because I felt like it was getting to a point where all that I was doing was making people with money more money mm. and I wanted more substance. And so I spent almost almost two years really just kind of meditating on what the next phase of my life would be, what the next phase of my professional life would be. Um, I knew that I had a very coveted network in sports and entertainment. I knew that I had a God-given expertise. And skill set in you know Marcom and branding and strategy and all of those things, and I didn't want to forsake any of it, but I wanted. My work to be impactful, and so all of that culminated into the launch of um, uh, my, my agency, my new agency. Well, new—it's almost three years old now, um, and I call it Intersect. It's a—we call it a tactical solutions agency. And what we do is we still work with sports and entertainment, but we we work now at the intersection of sports and entertainment, corporate and consumer brands, and social impact. So whereas before we were putting bringing together brands. Um, with sports and entertainment assets to launch a product or service, we are now bringing together corporate and consumer brands with sports and entertainment assets for the purpose of social impact. Mm -hmm. And all of our work is done based on data research that shows that today's consumer, more than they care about a product or service that a brand provides, they care that the brand is socially and culturally aligned with the issues that are most important, which for most, for all intents and purposes are, are social impacts, social justice issues. So everything that we focus on is you know, human rights or civil rights focused. I'm talking like immigrant rights, women's rights, um, LGBTQ rights. Criminal justice reform, educational development, economic development, um, that kind of stuff. So we work with brands, we work with film and TV studios, and we have a number of uh, of our own initiatives. So it's a little different than flowers, but <laughs> but that's the work that we do, and that's why you know when you'll look on the website and you'll see messaging through our social media, you'll see some of that in there because you know this is you know Postal Petals is very much my company, as is Intersect, and I, you know it, it wouldn't be authentic if I wasn't bold about demanding justice for. A Brianna Taylor, or bold about encouraging people to vote, or you know, bold about you know the, the loss that that we've all suffered with, with the death of you know the notorious RBG, right? All of those things are important for you know for for me to be able to express not just as a person, but as a person who owns who owns the company.
1: Well, so interesting because this this model that you developed for uh, intersect in a way you're now uh, able to to you know, run that whole, that whole program through Postal Pedals. So when you use the word socially aligned, it it kind of resonated with me because Postal Pedals in and of itself is aligned with your values and your, mm-hmm. um, your priorities for operating in, you know, in today's cultural environment and the landscape. So, uh, it, having your own business allows you to do that. It's really exciting to, To witness. And it's encouraging to me because I, I believe that I want Slow Flowers to be the same way. And uh, so your role model, you are being a role model for, for me as well, Talia, just to watch, watch your, your Instagram feed and watch some of the graphics that you put up and unapologetically saying, hey, this matters to us. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I thought was so exciting that you started doing, and I want to uh, draw everyone's attention to it, um, but you have a resource now on Postal Petals where you've started a, basically a directory of, of black florists in the U.S. who you want to highlight, um, some of whom are Slow Flowers members, but not enough of them. And I want to be able to follow and support this growing, uh, you know, kind of presence of creatives and artists who are Black in the floral space who maybe haven't gotten the recognition that they need.
0: Oh, yes. Thank you so much for bringing that up. You know, that that was not planned. I'll be honest, that wasn't planned. What happened was as we, you know, were starting to kind of pull together the list of florists for us to reach out to, to partner with for the workshops, I noticed that there weren't a lot of Black florists on that list. And so I had my team very intentionally research black florist and then um a friend of mine um ness um abogaz she runs this uh, vegan Ethiopian restaurant in LA called Osla's amazing so delicious but she connected me with Wit with Hazen mm. and I and on the call with Wit she and I started talking and Wit had mentioned that um Mayhesh had also put together a list of black florists and, and then I be, so between the list that we compiled the list that um Mayhesh had which had similar a lot of the same um, black florist on there but then we found a couple of other resources we just kind of combined those lists and i thought okay great so this this is our directory of black florist and then i thought well listen kind of what i was saying earlier somebody may come to our site looking for florist and we're not that but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't figure out a way to direct them to, to these, these resources. And if it was difficult for me to find a black florist, it may be difficult for other people to, you know, to, um, find a black florist. And Mm I, and I want to be super clear. I am an unapologetically proud black woman. I don't, it doesn't, make me feel any kind of way to say, you know, Black Lives Matter, doesn't make me feel any any way to say I'm all about black girl magic, right? Like I say those things unapologetically. And so I'm always looking for a way to up, uplift hey. and hold up, you know, my people. And so um and so we created the the black florist page on our site. And I call that page, um, florist gifted in black, which is a play on the Nina Simone song, I'm young gifted in black. Right. And it just lists all of the black florists across the country. And then I thought, well, you know, I want to make sure that one people know that this is here, but then also I'm sure there are so many other black florists that I don't know about. Let's start on Fridays doing black florist Friday, where we can highlight, you know, seven to eight florists, you know, on our longer master list, and then ask people to please tag other black florists that they know across the country. And that it's been amazing because people will either, you know, tag them in the comments or shoot us a DM. And our list is forever growing. And what's really beautiful that I see what I see ultimately is that this is going to become that even though it will be evergreen as more black florists come on the scene, that it will become almost like a a um an, a, an, a a lead resource for people to find black florists across the country. And there's, there's no monetary benefit for us to do it. There's no angle for us at all. It's just, why not? We've got the space. We built the platform. When I came up with the idea, I I called the developer. I'm like, Hey, can you add a page? He was like, you know it. And he did. And it was, and it was great. And I'm, I'm so happy to do it. And I'm, I'm excited that, you know, people now have a place that they can go. And if someone else has it, I don't mean any disrespect, please, please, you know, DM us and, we can, you know, combine resources.
1: Yeah, right? I mean, let's make the list bigger. No, I, I think it's really great that you're um, not only having this as a kind of a repository of, of uh, re- references state by state, which I think is very valuable, but um, then pushing it out on your social media, you know, using a hashtag Black Florist Friday. Is that what it is? Yep. Yeah. Then other people can find it and start adding their voice to the to the you know growing awareness of um you know this you know this facet of floristry that's you know not gotten the attention it deserves. So and I also think it seems to me that you originally started out by saying I don't intend to compete with florists. This is like your your demonstration of that belief that there's room for a business like postal Petals and for you know, florists in the same, you know, in the same conversation, and everybody. There's enough work for everybody if we take that attitude.
0: And that that was a that was a byproduct of that, Deborah, because it wasn't until we started with that page and started doing the Black Florist Friday that I started to see florists responding differently to us. Mm. So that wasn't even a strategy. It really was a pure a pure-hearted gesture. But you're absolutely right. I saw them begin to respond differently because I think that they were able to then recognize, I think because of some of the language that we used um, on the post and on the site, because we're not, we're not competition. Even if we were a florist, everybody's style, um, aesthetic is different. You know, people, people buy art in their homes and they may have art from 10 different artists, right? (laughs) I just believe there's enough for all of us. It's better to work together than work against. You know, against each other, and so that, I. So yeah. yes, that was just a that was a byproduct, but yes, it's it's beautiful because I feel like now they do see us as more of an ally, right? Um, and a possible and a possible collaborator um, rather than someone that's coming in to destroy their business because that I I I I can't make flowers for everybody, so I don't want to be.
1: Well, it's back wanna, to yeah. it's back to your your personal philosophy of abundance and not scarcity too. So yeah. I I'm inspired by that. Hey, if someone's listening to this and they um want to do business with you, uh, I'm thinking there might be, there might be florists who want to get in touch and talk to you about your future rollout of, of online courses, which we didn't really get into, but the information is, is on your website, but also, um, maybe growers who want you to know what they have and and whether they're a a source for you. Is that, is that something you're open to, or are you ready for that information yet? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely if they can email us at um hello
0: at postalpedals.com. Okay. Um, that's how they can they, that's how they can reach us kind of generally and then uh, my assistant will kind of farm the emails uh, the emails out or they can dm I'm, i I have someone that manages uh, that helps kind of to manage our social media but I'm also in there all the time because i I'm, I'm overbearing that way because I'm wanting to see like who's messaging us? What are they saying? All of these things. So I'm in there. So yeah, I a lot it. of times if, if you're seeing what's happening on, um, if you, if you DM, um, postal Petals nine, I'd say eight times out of 10, it's me responding. <laughs> and if you want me responding, just say, you know, Hey Talia. And then, you know, they'll yeah. just say, Hey, somebody in, in DM looking for you.
1: Well, Talia, do you ever get to play with flowers anymore? Are you just too damn busy? <laughs> You know, what's
0: really sad is that I don't play with them still as much as I, I, this whole thing started with me wanting to get more, more flowers that I can, that I can play with. And I've probably had them maybe five or six times in the mm. last few months, which for some people sounds like a lot, but for me, and when, you know, when I'm wanting to do them every other week or so is not really enough, but i tell you where I'm getting my fix is in building this company. Mm. And I know it probably sounds like, so like, oh, That's creative. You know, I'm so sure but it is, it's a, it's a creative outlet and it's, it's interesting. And, um, and you'll find this, people find this if they, if they choose to, um, to read the blogs that I've written on the website, but I I talk very openly about how I, for all intents and purposes, um, have ended up using this company as like an emotional crutch, Mm. right. In this, in this space that we're living in, I am so incredibly, um, this, this juxtaposition of being Overwhelmed by what's happening in our world, between a lot of the social injustices and the COVID, and just a significant amount of personal loss that I've experienced over the past several months, but then also the other side of it and the the, the incredible success that I um, that I'm having professionally, the joy that I get from being able to even do this, right? Because it, it is a privilege, and I I really. I look forward to working on this because it just it lets my creative juices flow. And to your point, it's funny because I've, I've had my own company always for maybe the past 10 or 12 years, I've always had my own company. But this is the first time I've felt fully in charge, right? Because when you do B2B, like, yes, Intersect is my agency. My agency before is my own, right? But you're still beholden to clients. And the decisions that they make and all you can do is make recommendations and put together your best pitch and then they decide which, you know, kind of what they want to move forward with and you and then act accordingly. But there's there's such an incredible power position that I'm in right now with Postal Pedals and the amount of creativity that I can that I can put into it. I'm actually very, very excited to Mm. see how these worlds between intersecting Postal Pedals really do Begin to come together, and I want to see Postal Petals successful because I see as Postal Petals becomes more successful and our profile rises, and you know we be able, you know we begin to you know ship more boxes and have more customers and all of those things. A natural byproduct of that is going to be that we're going to be a far more impactful um, company, and that we're going to be able to do a lot more a lot more good in the world and a good, you know, in, in our communities around the country. And that makes me really excited. Just it makes me very, very excited. I'm, I'm looking very far down the road, but I see what's coming. I very much. Well,
1: I'm excited for you and I'm so delighted to meet you and have had a chance to interview you. We actually also have an article uh, that's going to post on Slow Flowers journal, uh, Online magazine um, around the time that this podcast lands, so um, people will be able to read more about your journey and your philosophy and and um, your your unique path to flowers that uh you know is <laughs> you, so inspiring so um i'm delighted that we could do this and share your story with the the larger podcast community and the soul flowers community and i'm i look forward to doing some more fun things together so thanks for Uh, being on the on the show today
0: absolutely thank you so much for having me it means it means so much i really really do appreciate your your support i appreciate you sharing my story and that of postal Petals with your audience and And this is just the beginning, so I appreciate you helping us get started.
1: I agree with you. Okay, thanks so much, Talia. Okay, thank you. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'll be hosting an Instagram live conversation with Talia today, October 4th. So check it out at Slow Flowers Society. It will be at 1030 a.m. Pacific time. Talia promised me there's lots of news to update our Slow Flowers community. And you'll find my conversation with Talia and all of my Slow Flowers podcast 10th anniversary live chats in the archives there on Instagram. And here's a bit of an update about Postal Petals. During our Instagram live conversation, Talia and I discussed Postal Petals' current campaign to raise support for its series of free community wellness events. These are monthly events intended to provide a therapeutic experience that seamlessly weaves together the harmonious practices of yoga, meditation, and floral arranging to marginalized communities. While Postal Petals has been underwriting the cost of these free events for the last year and a half, a new crowdfund campaign will help continue making these events free and accessible and expand the offerings to even more people in cities across the country. You can check out the link to Postal Petals' campaign in our show notes for episode 630, where you'll find all the details. Our next sponsor, thank you, goes to Cal Flowers, the leading floral trade association in California providing valuable transportation and other benefits to flower growers and the entire floral supply chain in California and 48 other states. The association is a leader in bringing fresh-cut flowers to the U.S. market and in promoting the benefits of flowers to new generations of American consumers. You can learn more at cafgs.org. And thank you to Storic Cold, creators of the revolutionary CoolBot, a popular solution for flower farmers, studio florists, and farmer florists. Save thousands when you build your own walk-in cooler with a cool bot system and an air conditioner. If you don't have time to build your own, they also have turnkey units available. Learn more at storeitcold.com. I love all this floral goodness and I am so happy you joined me today. The Slow Flowers Podcast is a member-supported endeavor downloaded more than 1 million times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. If you're new to our weekly show or our long-running podcast, check out all of our resources at slowflowerssociety.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of The Slow Flowers Show and The Slow Flowers Podcast. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more Slow Flowers on the table, one stem, one vase at a time. Thank you so much for joining us today, and I'll see you next week.